Hello and welcome to Sports Best Friends Rugby League Social Club, a podcast here to convince you that social media isn't a bad place, you just need to follow the right people home as they walk, beer in hand, enjoying the beautiful Sydney night, cars driving past as they walk through Lily Field. It will be unbelievable and I think it... There probably will be a dream that we're chasing, and um, I just hope we go good. I'm Big T. Views are my own. I've had a few beverageinatos. Big shout out to Splinter, who invited me over to his house this evening, right next to the OG, the Orange Grove Hotel, obviously in Orange Grove. And I um, thoroughly enjoyed this evening's game. I've enjoyed the entire Christmas, uh, rugby league Christmas period. But it was great to end the evening there. Uh, tonight. I mean, disappointing, disappointing. We'll get to that soon, but <clears throat> that's where we are. You're walking with me. I've got a Stella Artois in, no, sorry, I've got a Peroni in hand. Um, and we're walking through the laneways because that's my favorite bit. Um, I'm also kind of a little bit looking forward to hearing what everyone thought. I, I didn't get a chance much to look at Twitter, so I'm going to look at Twitter after this. I did have a little squeeze when I was on the toilet. You know I love Twitter because I follow the right people, but uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this series and I'm, I'm looking forward to really delving into what everyone else thought. So if you're listening to this and you didn't at me, get at me. What did you think just of the whole period of the NRL W bit and the, and the NRL Origin bit? Um, yeah. Anyway, views of my own. What a day for him. He's come here with nothing in his pocket and he's gone home with twice as much. My lovely dedication. It's going out to your boy, Matty Boom. I mean, Matty Boom, affected by COVID. Wouldn't, you wouldn't know it by looking at the bloke. But uh, affected by COVID. And you heard him on the last step. Absolute legends. Always a legend when he, whenever he comes on. Dives deep into rugby league whenever he can. Was an excellent footballer in the day, by the way. He's one of those uh, lunchtime legends. And now, not bad on the basketball court, but really still got the fresh moves on on the football field. And just an all-around absolute legend of a bloke. So I'm definitely throwing my love league, the final love league of 2020, uh, to Matty Boom. And we hope that that bloke hears this Knows how loved he is, but not just by me, but by Papa Cartin and all the sports best friendians. I'm sure if Mario, Hey Sam, Ma are all here, they'd all be hugging Maddie because we'd love Maddie Boom, absolute legend. Uh, his brothers are going bald, but somehow Boomsy pushes on. And all your support is turning up. Thank you very much. Yeah, bruh! So my thank you is going out to Hey Sam Warden. This bloke is putting together a podcast that you're going to love. So everyone in the world is putting together a podcast, and I like that. Some people hear that and go, oh, another podcast. No. Guys, podcasts are rad. Podcasts are the best. I've just walked past a, a person's house. They've got like a, a uh, entrapment style <laughs> strings all around their front yard. I, I love what those kids are doing. Boomsy. No, sorry. <laughs> hey Sam. Hey Sam, excellent legend, doing a podcast all about Sam's favorite stuff. It'll eventually come out, but this guy is just in everything. He's such a, he, he, he might appear, if you've ever followed him on Twitter, to be quite an angry, 
dude and firing up at people. But if you look at the causes he's firing up about, it's always lovely environmental things or, or, or trying to, with a bad message, trying to really sell a good message. And so the bloke is an absolute lovely bloke and his podcast is just about people's favorite stuff. This is just, whatever you think Big T is, Sam's really doing it. He's just asking people, what's your favorite stuff? And then he gets those people to talk about it. Excellent podcast. So when that eventually starts rolling out, get around it. You're going to love it. Hey, Sam, my thanks goes to you. You're an excellent bloke. You've been always such a big supporter of this podcast. Um, And so big thanks to you. Now, my second big thanks is to One-Eyed Tiger, because we all know One-Eye on Springfield was easily the best part of this podcast. And we love and miss uh, One-Eye. And whenever he is ready to essentially take this podcast over with his amazing uh, analogies and metaphors of, of wine and football, he's welcome to it because I would listen to that for hours. So thank you, One Eye. Thank you, Hey Sam. Another big thank you is going to uh, Mario because we all know Media Watch Mario. Uh, I talk about him a lot. He corrects me a lot. But not just that. Mario listens to every app and gets around me personally on the personal DMs or the personal text messages all the time. Such a lovely bloke. Such a lovely supporter of what we're doing. So, big thanks, Mario. And of course, hey, uh, of course, Ma underscore Aaron, who is the nicest bloke, actually the nicest bloke, um, on Twitter, recently gave me bags, bags, of old uh, league, you know that magazine, Mario. What was that magazine that I only just found? And everyone was like, "How did you only just find that?" Uh, I want to say Rugby League Digest, but I know that's at another American, uh, that other amazing podcast. Anyway, so two huge bags of old Rugby League magazines. Uh, which I can't wait to go through. And sneak peek into the off-season, it's just me reading one of the articles from each of those uh, magazines back in the days. So 2017, 2015, all these great things um, from Ma- Maria Zartless. Can remember the editor's name? But I can't remember the... Uh, I can't remember the magazine's name. League? Oh, fuck, everyone's screaming at me. I'm sure you guys know it. I'm sorry about it. I'm sure I remember it when I'm listening back to this. But thank you, Ma, for giving all of those bags to me just in case I wanted to read them. Like, just in case. He didn't say, hey, did you want them? He's like, you know who would like them? Big T. I'm just going to, like, send those out to that bloke. So thanks, Ma. Uh, and and in, I hope you enjoy me reading, in my best reading voice, uh, a bunch of those articles over the off-season. But I'm looking forward to it. Anybody watched a series of rugby league games, they'd never go back to watching Union or AFL or soccer. So the She Whales and the He Whales versus Queensland, and what are you going to say about it? The She Whales can't do it. Lovely gentleman walking past me right now, hearing me think out loud about what you're going to talk about. He gave me the uh, knowing grin because the Whalers know. I mean, let's just jump straight into it. The Whalers knew when it was 20 to 6 or whatever the fuck it was, we were cooked. And I don't mean in that amazing Damien Cooked way, I mean like actually cooked. The, the biggest problem Queensland had was they lost 
Munster, game two. We fucking flooded the place. We lost Tedesco. Queensland couldn't flood it. Like, let's give us that. Queensland couldn't flood it. Statistically, they fucking destroyed us. But on the scoreboard, didn't destroy us. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to say, like, we, we won in the stats because we got pumped, but let's have a look at some of these excellent tweets just around Munster because Munster's the difference. At Natsin underscore Sinclair 93, make Munster an immortal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, his, his Hall of Fame, I mean, you can't talk about that stuff really while, while people are playing, but holy shit. Munster is that HOF material because game one, there. Game three, there. Game one, game three, wins with C-bombs. Game two, I mean, you all know the story. And we pile it on. At uh, Braden J. Brady. Cameron Munster is who Cody Walker wants to be when he grows up. Oof! Now, <clears throat> Dally M, Dally Messenger thoughts and prayers out to... Um, Cody Walker because that guy looked messed up I mean that was a sad sad little um, I didn't even see the hit but it was a sad scene with him on the floor I just kept saying to Splinter while I was looking at him you don't put your feet and hands in that position and leave them there you know what I mean like that just looked like the bloke needed help in fact wet wet witty wet rooster text messaged me going is that poor man okay when will we know because that's, that's the kind of vibe non-constant rugby league people have when you see someone essentially die in front of you. Our first thoughts are, shit, I hope he's okay. Oh, South will be okay. I wonder how we restart play. <laughs> wait, wait, ready? Rooster was like, oh, when do we find out if he's okay? I messaged about going, oh, I don't think he's okay. We'll probably find out tomorrow. What a game. Because that was my third thing. I mean, unfortunately, that kind of... I wish no ill will to Cody or anyone who got injured this game, Tedesco. But part of the part of the spectator of this brutal sport is just the we need to move on because we can't no, I'm just thinking out loud, we can't reflect on how badly people get hurt or else we might not like this game that much. <laughs> if we really think about what happened to that poor bloke. I mean, speaking of text messages, my poor dad. He said, I was telling someone today. The worst thing about going to New South Wales and State of Origin is that you can never relax. You can be 20 points up with 10 minutes to go and still be on tender hooks because Queensland are never fucking beaten. I've seen them win from here. He then said we were defending like Queensland and really we almost did a Queensland. At 20 to 6, I'd given up on us and was firing up, hoping to see a score a few, but couldn't see a scoring three. But then the difference of... <laughs> The difference of 20 to 6 and 20 to 14 is huge. And that last 10 minutes was electric. It was only that close though because fucking Harry Grant. Who knew? Who knew that Harry Grant was a guy? Everyone. Everyone knew Harry Grant was a guy. I mean, uh, you ask any Queensland Cup coach, they all knew Harry Grant was the guy. Uh, Matty Church... Massive legend over on PNG knew Harry Grant was the guy. At Braden J. Brady knew he was the guy. Looks, looks like Harry Grant fella is pretty good, hey? Who would have thought? 
I mean, it was great to see the bloke win. Couldn't have happened to a better bloke. Sorry, not win. Score. Couldn't have happened to a better bloke, but... Uh, that was heartbreaking. Especially when you see us come back. Like that. There's going to be a lot of chat about Cleary and Walker. Cleary's 140-20 was incredible. 30-20. And seeing him do that at the perfect time was amazing. But outside of that, shit... I thought our, our forwards were great. I thought Paulo had some bad disciplinary things. That push on um, Daly Cherry Evans when Daly Cherry Evans was in um, dummy half gave him a penalty wasn't great. And then also his offload at the very end wasn't great, but I'm not going to get shitty and about that. Um, I loved the you can challenge it and <laughs> challenge successful games over anyway. I mean, you're all... A lot of people are going to hate that, but from a wrestling perspective, I fucking loved it. Um, I felt like, really, essentially, the, the she-whales and the he-whales had the same game for, games for their deciders. She-whales, she-whales had not convincing first halves, lots of penalties. They, you know, essentially tried to do a podcast on Victoria Road, and they tried gallantly, valiantly in the second half, but they couldn't get it done. And in the last few minutes of both games, you know, I, I truly believe there was something happening here. But all, all I was really going for was that we could jag a draw and see what happened next. In both games, with the she whales and the he whales, we were the we weren't the better team. We were probably the better team on paper, but certainly not in, in, um, in practice. And both of them came down to uh, their halves because Munster was easily the most dominant player on the field for the uh, man's game. And Brigginshaw was easily the most dominant player in her game. The flip of that, though, is uh, the fullback, <laughs> Valentine Holmes, for the blokes, had an absolute fuck of a game. Whereas uh, Tamika Upton had an incredible game for the she the she landers. Tedesco going though. I mean, I think Guthrie did a good job in defence. I think Guthrie was probably fine. But him in the, when you if you got to try to score in the last five ten minutes of a game in any game, particularly a high pressure game, all you want is Tedesco in any position. Uh, and, and that's the real difference. You need Cameron Murray and you need Tedesco because those guys are going to find you a winning try despite Mitchell Pearce. Uh, and we didn't have that. We didn't have that, what's, you know, who, who do you find moment. Ironically, or coincidentally, or rugby league karma, the two most contentious positions that Fittler puts in, into centre, he puts in a fullback and a 5'8". And in the deciding game, who gets injured? The fullback and the 5'8". Now, that looks like a masterstroke. Great. You put the alleged Dallium fullback of the year, Clint Gutherson, in the fullback against Tedesco, who's arguably the greatest player on the planet at the moment. And then you put your 5'8", who goes down, who's the actual Dallium player of the year, in the 5'8". And, and to be fair to White, and I thought maybe that, that could work for him. 
he's a big body, dummies and goes. Could have worked. He just didn't have the ball in the last six minutes. But the problem with that is you now have bench forwards coming on. You've got Crichton in the centre. You've got Isaiah Yo in the centre. Big shout out to Isaiah Yo though, because I was thinking the entire time, here we go, they score against him on that edge. And they didn't. He was absolutely fucking rock solid. And he puts in that bizarre kick that I thought was horrible and was breathing in to scream at him about until Josh out of car turned it into a penalty sim bin and then our real attacking set. So big shout out to Isaiah Yo, who had an incredible game. I thought as a, uh, I actually thought Adokar was pretty good. Cleary dummy and went probably too often, but his kick was fine. His, his defense was good. Um, Gasso I didn't think was amazing. Hi, David Hunter. Uh, but he was, he was good enough. I thought our bench was good. I still think Paulo's uh, indiscretions, his disciplinary things weren't great, but fuck He's also there because of his aggression and his strengths. So. Uh, I mean, Tupu was fine, didn't do anything stupid on that game one. But big, I mean, fucking, uh, the more I think about it, second rowers were incredible. Crichton and uh, Ofrazel played fucking the entire thing, looked great the entire time, barely let anything through. Nathan Brown wasn't bad coming in. I probably would have brought him in earlier because they were under such a pump. Um, but couldn't beat Munster. The guy from the Roosters, whose name I could remember the entire game, I can't remember now, Lindsay Collins, I thought was excellent. Um, Dane Gagai was good, but not like crazy good, considering who he was marked against the entire game. Uh, but Queensland just got it done. And, uh, you know, it's embarrassing because I really expected, I really wanted us to continue this thing. We're back into possibly a real origin battle where every year it's a coin flip. Now that sounds exciting to everyone who didn't live through an eight fucking game in a row stitch up. But I was kind of hoping that New South Wales would have a run. You know, I don't want to walk down Darling Street every fucking year lamenting what could have been. Anyway. Score? <laughs> That's right, Pat Bacanti gets it in the final one of the year. 20 to 14, backed up by me. I'm feeling all right because I'm not going to get bruised. What do you mean, how am I feeling? Let's talk about 2021. We're just about to go into a pre-season here in Sports Best Friends. We have a few weeks off. We have some great projects coming up. We are starting a rugby league book club. <laughs> That's right, you heard me right. Rugby league book club in which uh, I've already spoken to a whole bunch of Interesting rugby league people. Uh, I've asked them what their favourite book is. They've told me I'm trying to read them right now. Uh, they've told me they've read them. And then we'll have a chat about their book. I've done this because I often want to know what to read next. I'm, I'm, I'm possibly like you, really in love with rugby league. And so I'm interested in the people and players who've already been in it. I feel I'm in a Red Fittler and, and Joey's biographies. I'll probably end up reading Cameron Smith's. Um, but sometimes I want something different to that, and it's, it's hard to really just know what to financially invest in or to what to put all that time into. So <clears throat> whenever I see a need like that, I'm like, well, maybe I'm not the only person, and this would be a great motivator for me to go and read a whole bunch of different books and find out what they are. So that's coming up uh, in, in the pre-season of 2021. It'll probably be released throughout 2021. And the other incredible thing that's happening is that 2RRR in Sydney has greenlit 
sports best friends, rugby league best friends. And so that will be a live rugby league radio program um, that I'll do from about May, June uh, with Chris Gale. And that's going to be an excellent experience for me. Obviously, doing podcasts is fun and interacting on social media is fun, but it's not live and things like that. So, so that experience will be great. We've got a six-week trial uh, May, June. Obviously, I'll tell anyone who's interested and everyone who's not interested and more about that closer to the date. But uh, that's what we've got coming up. Fat Harry Lazy's trophies in the mail. Um, I've seen the proofs from Trophyland. They look excellent. I've just got to actually wrap it up and post it to the poor bastard in Queensland, who I just realised has won. So congratulations, Fat Harry Lazy. You didn't win the premiership, but you've won that huge shield. So congratulations, sir. And congratulations to you who listened to this entire podcast as I walked home. You possibly were one of the hundred people who listened to the me drive home from the, <laughs> from the grand final. I know you're one of the hundreds of people who are listening to me walk home from Rugby League Christmas. What a, what a year. I mean, it's been... I don't need to tell you the year it's been, but it's been a time, particularly in Rugby League... I mean, the feeling, I don't know about you, but just thinking about the time that I finally heard Volander say it's done, sitting on the end of my bed in silence for like two or three minutes, it was like, well, I didn't want to say it's like someone died because I've reacted better to some people dying. That sounds horrible, but like I I was way more emotionally invested than I realized. So anyway, we, we did it. We got all the way through. It's now November. I'm sweating balls, seeing people in scarves. That's how much they love rugby league. They're in scarves. It's 30 degrees. This has been a great year, fam. Um, I'm sweating bullets. I'm puffing. I'm almost time. I feel like I should be quieter because I'm in a sweet street. But if you are listening to this, I really appreciate you. And please tell me who you are so that I can like hug and kiss you in real life when I meet you. Um, because... There are a lot of people out here who listen to this and that's a really special thing for me to be able to just enjoy rugby league out loud and and be motivated by people who who create a community. So, happy rugby league Christmas. We wouldn't have got that win without your support. We heard you cheering the whole 60 minutes and we bloody love yous.